What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Brother Dave. You've been gone for a few weeks. I have been. The way my vacation schedule fell, I missed the last two podcasts on vacation. So yep. I wish I was really gone that long, but it just <laughs> fell on the two Wednesdays that we do the podcast. So, right. yeah. Welcome yeah. back, Super Dave. And we got a special guest, Jack Domenico, today. Good morning. Welcome, Jack. Hi, Jack. Thank you. Jack, you probably know we kick off with the Pledge of Allegiance. You yes. want to kick that off for us? Pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs. It's just the opinion of Brother Dave, Super Dave, myself, and Jack Dominicos. <laughs> Episode 61 had 221 downloads. We're at 22,743 total downloads, and we have 156 followers. So the listens are down. I think it's the holidays. I think oh, so. Totally. I would, People I are like busy. Yep. Yep. The holidays kind of disturb everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? They change your routine. You don't know what day they're going to fall on. The work schedule, The I mean, just it disturbs everything. You know, you have to do things that you don't normally do all year. Yeah. You know, planning parties i mean we're still at our house we're still kind of reeling in from it you know we lucked out and we were gone for christmas which for me was which, a win-win we didn't decorate there was no tree i mean it oh, was no, like no, my no, best no. christmas ever as far as that goes because i'm i'm that guy you know what i mean i'm not a grinch but i just i it's not fun for me doing all that stuff being gone for so long disrupts everything though true and i'm i like i like a schedule i like routine i like structure so the holidays mess with me you know i make it through and obviously the big pro is more time with the family which i love but it's like right. after a while it's like what what do i do <laughs> you know so uh, even though the numbers are down we did pick up poland a few weeks ago which i oh, thought was interesting so nice. poland they're in it for the dad jokes yeah, that's it. <laughs> have to be <laughs> speaking of dad jokes why are chickens so funny because <laughs> oh, oh very good jim i like that uh, that is hilarious you know i should have i should have focused on a a chicken joke because i i swear being in hawaii that's where i was at on vacation that i think hawaii means chicken in hawaiian because those things are everywhere, everywhere they're just yeah. wild huh. you know i mean you'll see family after family i mean there's like the the hen the rooster and there'll be eight chicks following right behind it's kind of crazy i'd never i've always seen him in a in a you know you have a rooster and then you know 20 hens or something like that or maybe two roosters and they're familyed up over there i mean they have uh-huh. a little deal and, and they're just everywhere i mean uh-huh. it does not matter where you go they are everywhere that's pretty good because eggs are becoming expensive right yeah. and i just saw a friend of mine posted she lives in Commerce City. Well, it's illegal to have chickens in Commerce City. You could have them in Adams County, but not Commerce City. Oh, wow. She wants to raise her own chickens and have her own eggs, and yeah. she's trying to fight the, the government on that. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Good luck. Jack, you bring a dad joke with you today? Uh, yeah, I brought a couple. But I don't know if they're very good or not, but we'll try them. What do you call a guy with a rubber toe? 
A guy with a, <laughs> with a rubber, rubber toe. toe. This ought to be a good one. Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto. I like it. And then the next one I have, you know, I grew up on a farm, so we used to sit there on the top of the hill and roll down in tires. Those were good years. Ah, that is good. That is a good one. You work on I, I got to thank my wife and my those daughter. Are, they came up with yeah. those. Good dad jokes. Yeah. And they came up with them because well, I couldn't have come up with that. I'm going to jump in before Dave because I've heard <clears throat> his and it, it crushes. So. I, I'm like Jack. I have two of them. So <clears throat> if a dinosaur kicks you in the backside, what do you get? Don't know. A megasaur ass. Uh, <laughs> all right, then right. this one I just stumbled across. It's kind of a story here. So it's, it's uh, labeled beautiful women. So this guy is dining alone at a fancy restaurant, and there's a beautiful woman sitting at the next table. He's been sneakily checking her out ever since he arrived, but he doesn't have the courage to start talking to her. Suddenly, she sneezes, and her glass eye comes flying out of the socket towards the man. His reflexes kick in, and he reaches out, plucks it out of the air, and hands it back to her. The redhead, the beautiful woman is a redhead. She says, oh my, I am so sorry. She says as she pops right back into place, let me buy your dinner and make it up to you. He joins her at the table and enjoys a wonderful meal together. Afterwards, they go to the theater, followed by drinks at the bar. They talk, they laugh. She shares her deepest dreams and he shares his. She listens. After paying for everything, she asks him, would you like to come to my place for a nightcap? He says yes, and they return to her place. He ends up staying the night. The next morning, she cooks a gourmet meal with all the trimmings. The guy is amazed at how everything has been so perfect and how incredible this amazing woman is. He can't believe his luck. You know, he said, you are the perfect woman. Are you this nice to every guy you meet? She says, no, you just happen to catch my eye. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my joke is a doctor joke. A doctor reaches into his smock to get a pen to write a prescription, and he pulls out a rectal thermometer. Oh, damn it, he says. Some butthole stole my pen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that one when you told it to me this morning. That's good, man. That is a good one. Funny. New employees. We got a couple new drivers started yesterday. We got Rico Christensen and Glabarino Gonzalez. He does like to go by Gonzalez. He made that pretty clear yesterday. Oh, very good. So, <clears throat> Rico's got a good last name. It reminds me of Christensen Firearms. So, <laughs> Celebrations, anniversaries. Wow, here's a big one. Jesse Baeza hit four years on the second. Nice. Congratulations, nice. Jesse. Yeah. I, I talked to him personally yesterday and thanked him. He's, he's an amazing young man. I can't believe he made it. <laughs> Edwin Ramirez hit one year. He's hitting one year tomorrow. Johnny Beret is hitting two years on the sixth. And Pat Johnson, three years on the seventh. Happy nice. anniversary, everybody. And yeah, anniversary. Like to wish Pat a get well soon. He's not feeling well these last couple days. Definitely. Bir- birthdays. JR, he's turning 40 on the fifth. Just kidding. He's not turning 40. <laughs> <laughs> and then Andrew Martinez has a birthday on the sixth. Happy birthday, guys. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Family birthday celebrations, uh, January 1st, New Year's Day, Monica Aquendo. Happy birthday, Monica. Gene Freeman's son, Wes, is turning. Well, I don't know how old he's turning, but he's having a birthday on the 6th. 
And then Christina Pell, which is Thomas Morgan's significant other, is having a birthday on the 7th. So happy birthday, everybody. Very cool. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. birthday. You know those those holiday birthdays, that New Year's birthday? Uh-huh. Those are rough, man. Sometimes yeah. you get robbed on that. So many people like throw the, well, it's Christmas. I'll just you know buy a more expensive present and call right. it both or whatever. So. Or not yeah. more expensive. Just right. call it both. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My granddaughter was born on... Uh, January first, so yeah, we, we we do it separate still. Yeah, yours like and mine that. both, Jack. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. she turned she, two. She just turned oh, fourteen. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, and so. and that's exactly what happened. Jam, they got her a a big paddleboard, you know, a flatboard, whatever uh-huh. they're called, longboards. I don't know, but it was combo, Christmas and birthday. Uh-huh. I don't so, know. My wife went out yeah, and made sure robbed. everything got done. I mean, there was another whole tier of presents for <laughs> Cambry's birthday. <laughs> her name is Cambry. Cambry, yes. Oh, Cambry, nice. very yeah. cool. Nice. Shout-outs. <clears throat> of course, I missed uh, somebody last week. We were giving shout-outs to the Snow Crew, and I missed Chris Beam. Chris Beam was in uh, the backhoe for a couple of days. So shout-out to Chris Beam. Richard Garul, he uh, made a comment on uh, Facebook, said he uh, wished everybody a Merry Christmas. He's seen the uh, 004 running around. He says it still looks nice and shiny. <laughs> did we, did we, I can't remember. Did we replace 004 yet? Yes. yes. So the old 004, yeah. You won't yep. be seeing it. No mo. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Scooby, Cam, Pat, and Jr. for this past snowstorm. Those guys all rallied to make things happen. Linda wanted to give a shout out to the course drivers for the last storm. That would be Jesse, Dylan, Eric, Charlie, Jason, and David Gayton. And then Gilly, she called him. He came in at the last minute and helped bail, bail things out. So shout out to all those guys. Very cool. I wanted to give a Shout out to Jorge or George for his awesome drawings. He's been making some drawings for the people in the office. And the guy's super talented. He is. I'll have to show you what he... Oh, I actually brought it home. I got a picture of it, though, Super Dave. He drew me this really cool Spartan helmet. Yeah, and then he drew Randy. I don't know what he drew Randy, but it, <laughs> it's like a really mean character. So he says he puts a lot of thought into his ideas. That's I tell awesome. you, he is going to work hard to get on the calendar next year. Oh. Yeah. He, he he came to me and showed me some pictures, and I was like, wow, these are fantastic. He goes, I'm an artist, Dave. That's what I do is I look for lighting and background and all of that. He's like, I'm going to get on that calendar three times next year. <laughs> you know, he awesome. could probably yeah. draw a picture and make the calendar. Yeah, right. Because that's how talented he is. Yeah. 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 That'd, be, that'd be cool. I love when they take a photograph and then draw it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know Photo, I mean? realism. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, and I think he's an aspiring tattoo artist, too. He's actually tattooed a few people. And oh, wow. He's got connections in the he industry. Is. And, yeah. He's wow. studying it. That's yeah. the way he does things. He'll, he's not going to jump right in. He's going to sit back and study. Yeah. At what point do you let a new artist tattoo you? Like, I love his drawings, but I'm not letting George stick me with any needles. <laughs> you know what, you I know mean? what, Jim? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> they got to start somewhere, though, right? Not in. Not on me. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, Mom, can I give you a tattoo? So. Jimmy Villagrana, he wanted to give a shout-out. He said, good morning, Jam. If you guys are doing a podcast, I want to give a shout-out to Oma Santa Cruz for spotting me at CMEX one morning last week. It was really dark, muddy, and unlevel. Also, shout-out to Kendrick for always there to lend a hand when needed and with such a great attitude. Gracias, everyone. Nice. So, yep. Nice. Good shout-out. And then John Morales had a shout-out. Let me see if I could pull that one up here. That was really early. 
Do you have it pulled up, Sue? I mean, uh, Brother I, Dave? I, I can't. Oh, I got it. You got it? There it is. Good morning, gentlemen. I want to do a shout out on a podcast for Super Dave for helping me clean out my trail the other day when it snowed. I also want to thank him for all the great high road hauling messages that he comes up with. Thanks, John. That's Big John and Double O. Double O One. Double O One. Oh, yes. wow. He's got the first truck. On the point. Yep. Double yeah. O One. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate the good words. Yep. I also want to throw out there uh, to Joanne, Ann, Amber, and Angie for setting everything up for the Christmas party last week. That is just no easy task, getting chairs and table coverings and tables and everything delivered and all the food here. And I mean, it just was seamless. You know, I mean, it was like, boof, everything was done and everything was completed and everybody was fed. And man, they just jumped in and worked their butts off during that party. And it's just so awesome to see. I mean, I don't want to ever take it for granted. So thank you yeah, I, for that. I got to chime in on that too, Dave. The The amount of chairs. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of work and they did such a great job. Yeah, I mean, it beautiful. just, seriously, it's yeah. seamless and you, t- it's easy to take for granted because you just walk out there and it's complete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just done and you're like, oh, yeah. that's, that must not have been that difficult. But when you're doing it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a lot of work. Yeah, and that know. Olive Garden was great, too. Yeah. Thank you for that, Dave. Yeah. I don't know who called, coined the phrase, but the A-team with the capital J, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so they rock it out every time. They do. Yeah. If they weren't doing it, we wouldn't have things like that. Right. You know, right. Hands down. <laughs> We'd have a bunch of empty white tables. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We'd have some chairs set up in the red. red <laughs> yep. Yep. Still be oil on the floor. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned that. We should probably do a shout out to the shop too, Jim, because yes. they did an amazing job, the shop and the wash bay, cleaning up the yeah. shop and moving everything off the walls. And That might actually be harder than setting up for right? the party, moving all the tools. And right, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they worked hard. I made a mention to Rich. I said, Rich, you guys did a great job. He goes, well, we did three trucks. And then we spent the rest of the day, the day cleaning up the bay. Yeah, oh, so they spent awesome. quite a bit of time on that. Yeah. yeah. Jack, did you enjoy the party? I wasn't there because I had that day off. Uh, getting stuff ready for the my podcast. Grand- well, <laughs> my, podcast. my granddaughter's birthday and stuff. And so, I mean, you know, with living so far north, I was kind of like, eh, it was just a little tough to drive well, down. Did you yeah. grab a swag pack? Did anybody? No, I didn't. But okay. We got to get I definitely you. want a calendar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just yeah. reaching all these boxes. Grab okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. So my last shout out is a no call out shout out. The following people had no call outs for the year. That would be Mitch Brenner, Seabass, Ricky DeLeon, John Dean, John Domenico. Oh, that's why you're here. Chris Englund, Gene Freeman, <laughs> Rosario Garcia, Casey Guthrie, Gabino Hernandez, Randy Hogue, Troy Holmes, Joanne Leonard, Bob Mardian, Vince Meekens, Paco, Jack Oquendo Mejia, Mikey Peterson, Sergio Portillo, Dwayne Potter, Fred Powell, Jake Riley, Marty Rios, Oswaldo Sanchez. He's never called out ever, not one time. Wow. There's a few guys on this list that's never called out. Uh, Scooby, Stingray, Super Dave, Rob White, Dave White, and Jim White. It's nice that the owners never called out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Way to set the example, guys. Good stuff. Any other shout-outs, guys? I just want to clarify on the shout-out for Jack here that everybody realizes. Is that your middle name, Jack? 
No, actually, uh, it was just a nickname. Uh, oh, is that there right? There was a few John Domenicos, and when I was born, basically, on my uncle's birthday, so my dad liked it. But then he had a son named John, and my dad was sitting in the hospital. The way he always told it is he was sitting in the hospital reading a magazine about JFK, and they always called him Jack once in a while. So that's what he told my mom, and gone by Jack ever since. Ah, there you go. I just used John as a legal name for legal documents. <laughs> that's funny. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes I, they call me John, and I'm like, who? I didn't even catch that. I'm like, I just why is he clarifying that? Yeah, yeah I just bet I everybody's going to be like, why did Jim call him John? Uh, yeah, Jack? so, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I go by it. I didn't know that until I was running everybody's MVRs in December. Yeah. And I'm like, John Domenico, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> right. My license, all my legal documents got to uh, have John sure. on them. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh. This is pretty official up here. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a uh, couple things to go over today. Number one, over at Coors, the readout at the can is incorrect. <clears throat> Even if the can says 25K, start loading because no one knows how much is in the can. So I think when it says, and don't quote me on this because it could be different, but 38,000 is topped out. We actually had a guy go to Coors this morning he didn't know that the can reading was still off. It said five thousand. He left. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! And ended up ended up topping out. But you know, we we can only do so much yeah. if your information. Yeah. It's like we always say: reports are only good if you read them and you right. use them. But they got to be accurate to begin with. Absolutely. So uh, we are looking for a new Sunday cores person. If you're interested in working Sunday cores, we could really use your help. Uh, you would actually be going into Group A if you did this, so that would be a group change for you as well. But if you work Sundays, I believe you're off Saturdays? Yeah. Yeah, so instead of Saturdays, some people enjoy that. I think they're off on Mondays or Tuesdays, aren't they? Well, we don't ever do Mondays because that's the biggest call-out day, so yeah. we never do that. So Tuesdays. Yeah, well, Tuesdays or Saturdays is what we – that's your swap. So, Yep. yeah. Linda says, strap your boots on, everyone. Salt loads are about to go crazy. And that's starting right now. We got, I asked her, how many, how many tons of salt have we coming, got coming out of yard 23 today? And she just looked at me. She said, 3,000? <laughs> <laughs> so just as, as much as we can get. We won't get 3,000. But, yeah, if you don't have anything to do, you're going to yard 23. That's, nice. That's good, for sure. Good problem to have yes, January. Yes, sir. That's yep. true. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, yard 23 drivers. Please don't make a U-turn in front of your spot. Please back in, especially on the south end. Dave, you probably want to talk about this a little bit, so why don't you go ahead. Yeah, I, I just tend to see this happen a lot is everybody wants to get as close to that parking spot as they can get, and they just and it's in this yard as well. It's in, you know, I think it's it kind of becomes a common practice. Uh, you just drive straight towards your parking spot and then do a U-turn and back into it, and over there at yard 23, we just don't have that luxury. The dirt is still soft on the west side of the shop is what I'm talking about. And when I say the south end of the yard, it's the south end of the yard on the west side of the shop over there. And it's a whole area we had to fill. It was filled when we bought the property, but it was a, a pond before that. So it's soft underneath it. We're not driving on it a lot. We're not getting it compacted enough. And we had a loaded Coors truck pull in there and try and do a U-turn and then back into its spot when... If you just pull up in front of the shop and then back in over there, kind of S in, and there's tons of room over there because it's every other parking spot. It's not like this yard where you're six inches from the other truck. You have a whole truck length on or truck width on each side of you. So there's tons of room to back in and maneuver instead of 
you know, cramming that truck in there in front of its spot and then backing in. So it's just easier and it's easier on the truck. Just turn around somewhere else and back in. Yeah. It, I, could I fill in on that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, I just want to touch a little bit on turning too tight in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back in the day, we had long wheelbase trucks, long hoods, and we would just joke that they would take a football field to turn around. Mm-hmm. And these newer trucks, they turn on a dime. I was doing a test drive the other day, and the, the uh, candidate was turning, and he goes, wow, these things turn great. They turn so tight. And I said, you shouldn't turn that tight. <laughs> it's going to stress out your airlines, your electric you know, cord on the tractor, your trailer tires are going to drag. You just shouldn't, even though the truck can, please don't. Pretend it doesn't turn tight. Correct, right? yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had an experience over at the West or Yard 23 the other day. Man, I'm never going to get out of that. <laughs> the West it's Yard. It's tough. Yeah, the other Yard, Yard 23. Um, we had ordered some torch, and the torch driver pulls in with a tandem of pup, and he just noses in right into the soft area. And I was talking to Brother Dave, like, we just got a call. This guy needs to get you know pulled out and this and that. And I don't have any tow trucks, tow trucks on my uh, tow hooks on my truck. And anyway. I go over there, get the skid steer started, and I just go over there, and I'm looking, and, you know, the guy's like, ah, I should have done this, and I should have done that. He's like, I could probably call my yard to rotor loader over here. I'm like, or we could just dig your tires out, because he wasn't, like, down to the to the frame or anything like that. Yeah, he wasn't buried. He wasn't buried, and I didn't know what to expect, so grabbed the shovel. He just watched me, and. shoveled him out and it took like 30 minutes to to finish unloading and yeah we got him out of there but i was just kind of proud that our drivers wouldn't have like called for help right then they probably would have tried to get themselves unstuck shovel yeah that was me nobody would know that i got stuck there yeah i wouldn't even want so out of curiosity how long did it take you to shovel jim the actual shoveling, shoveling part was ten to fifteen minutes, maybe. I yeah. mean, yeah, and I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't rushing because there was no like. Yeah, he back, couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go anywhere. He got unloaded. Yeah, but I. Yeah. I got him pretty flat, but then he tried the first time and he spun a tire, and you know we talked through that. I dug him out a little <laughs> bit more. So you had to coach him up a little bit, not just to a spin. little bit, you know. And I, and I was like, "How long have you worked there?" He's a ten-year vet, just there. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So he was an old salt dog. He probably been driving his whole life, you know, but. Yeah, things happen. But yeah, that that south corner is super, super, super soft. Yeah. Was it uh, like a single axle tanker or? No, it was a double axle tandem with the tank and then he had a pop. Okay, okay. That's that's the other thing I was worried about is the chain, no matter how long it is, if you're behind the pup, because I couldn't get in front of him. You know what I mean? Then he'd have to make a U-turn. It was just, I didn't want to be behind him. Mm -hmm. That just seemed like we were going to cause some damage no matter what. So. Yeah, it's just amazing what little bit of resistance you put in front of all those tires that will stop the truck. You know, right. it will just mm-hmm. spin and you can't move. Yeah. You move that resistance, that little bump in front of every tire, and you can just drive right out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The key just is roll just roll forward and yeah. get over that yeah. hump. And, yep. Yeah. Don't spin your tires. Don't spin your Try tires. Try not to spin your tires. Yep. You know, that's something we ran into last night. And I guess I just got to advise on that. You know, it's that time of year. Don't get off the beaten path. You know, especially if there's snow on the road or something like that. If you're not driving where everyone else is driven, don't go there. Stay on the beaten path. Don't pull off the shoulder. It's going to be soft. 
you know, could be slick, could be at an angle and you slide, could just be a half inch of snow. Mm-hmm. It could slide you down in the ditch when you try and go. And also too, in those situations, when you're pulling in, engage that power divider if you know it could be soft, put the transmission in manual mode. That way when you've stopped and you go to take off, if you're empty, for example, you're not in third gear or fourth gear and it just immediately, when it spins those tires, it spins them at such a fast RPM you've immediately dug a hole right it's just instant hole where if you were in first gear or granny gear i like to call it you just realize you're not moving and then you stop so you haven't dug that big hole absolutely yep doesn't take much to get stuck but it takes a lot sometimes yeah Yeah. that is wisely said (laughs) uh over a plant 12 so so the other day it was freezing and you know, we were sweeping trails out. I did notice some trucks just leaving the yard. You know, you can't load on top of snow. You know, the, the, the at this time of the year, if it's, you know, down below freezing or below zero, that first load most likely is going to freeze a little yeah. bit. But if you load on top of snow, you don't have a fighting chance. You'll be fighting that the whole day. Oh, yeah. Right? So It is some weird temperature inversion thing yeah, it's just that like, happens. It's, it's like a, a flash sci- freeze. <laughs> yeah, it's like a scientific experience yeah. that experiment that just went bad. Yeah. So even the trucks that did sweep out used a little release agent. You know, some of those loads were getting a little frozen. But at the end of the day, over Plant 12, we could see how many frozen loads we had because it all probably warmed up and they were trying to get ready for the next day. We left about seven piles of material. I'm not talking about tons, but not a good look because that's their block yard. That's where they make blocks and they run through there with a forklift and stuff like that. So please, if you're over at Plant 12, don't dump material or sweep out a large amount of material in the block yard. The block yard is a yard to the left of the road on your way out. We call it the Plant 12 hangout area for other reasons, <laughs> right? Wait, is I just want to be clear on the description because it's been a while since I've been out there. Wouldn't that be directly across from their shop, Jim? Directly across from their okay. shop. Yeah, you come so in you the gate. The sh- you have the shop, the road, and the block area. Yep. If you're pulling in, the shop's on your left, the block yard's on your right. Correct. If you're leaving, it's the opposite way. Yep. So, I remember when I used to take Batman with me, I let him out over there. That's where I used to let him out. That was like one of the places to go piss or poop or whatever. And there was this big-ass, probably six-foot, rat snake or corn snake in there oh man <laughs> freak both of us out. <laughs> uh, that's funny uh if you do have a lot of material something happens and you need to go dump stuff we have a really good place you could do that over at yard 23 <laughs> so just get with one of the yard managers over there and they'll tell you where to dump it because it's not going to be an eyesore for a plant if we brought yeah. it over there you I, know. I just really have to jump in here i mean those facilities that you're delivering that material to, they paid for that material. Right. Yes. I would much rather they get that material and they would much rather get that material. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean if you call Domino's and you order two pizzas and one and a half shows up, you're probably gonna be pissed and complain, right? I mean I just have to put that out there that like you want what you ordered. Those right. places ordered that material, it's theirs. They want it in the bin or or reasonably close. They don't want it two hundred yards away where we left it. You know, I mean, it was, it wasn't a good look and fine, pull down there. That way you're completely out of the way. If there's that many trucks, get out of the way. I understand we've got to struggle. It's that unusual time of year, you know, no matter what the situation is, whether it was inexperienced or just didn't plan on it being that cold or whatever the case may be, right? Clean out, 
then you can turn right around and drive right back there. You know, it's a couple hundred yards behind you. Pop your gate, raise the trailer up, and dump it out. Right. You know, it'll yeah. come. It'll come right out. And let's give that customer that customer experience. I just had the funniest visual, Dave. Of you get the pizza pie, you open the box up, and there are two slices missing. Right. So you go out, you open your door to see if the driver's still there, and the two slices are in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't yeah. that the perfect analogy, though, Jim? Oh, that's funny. I mean, when I order, you know, ten chicken wings, I don't want eight. I order ten, right? That's yeah. true. I don't want to find two between here and the kitchen. Yep. <laughs> Brother Dave, I'm going to let you take the next two. <clears throat> Where are we at? I haven't snow even been, been following, following along. along. Snow removal? Oh. What, what do we do when it snows? We do snow removal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a trick question? Dave, what do we do if it snows? We remove the snow. <laughs> Jack, trick question. Uh, we do snow removal. What do we do if it snows? I think you remove the snow, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are we bringing this up, Brother Dave? Uh, there was just some question on this last storm, and it, it was a unique storm. It feels like every storm is unique. It depends on what time it comes in, how much we get, what day is it. Is it a holiday? Is it a day after a holiday? Are we supposed to be off work? Is it a work day? Is it whatever? And the bottom line is, everybody, if you're on snow crew and you got the call, we go. If it snowed, we go. You know, we kind of showed up at a few locations and uh, Jim and I were running around early Monday morning and, you know, JFW was closed in theory, right? All of our customers were closed, but we still do snow removal. So we had to go do the snow removal and there was only one inch of snow a couple of the places we went. But if you put your shoe on on the ground and you drug it a foot to the side, there was two or three inches of snow. I mean, we, we took, we wound up working all day. Doing snow removal, so and then it snowed again Monday night, night and we yeah. worked all day yesterday. So yeah. yeah, it's snow removal and that's what we do. We remove the snow. I'm glad we got a little break. I don't know when the next storm's coming, but right, yeah, yeah. It's good to see some dry roads on the way into work. I tonight. agree. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the brown to come back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everybody true. always says, "Oh, it's so brown and ugly." It's like, yeah, yeah I that's like good. that. Right. Get rid of this white. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What about over at uh, Roller, Brother Dave, when we're doing snow removal over there? One thing we noticed was the wind rose. Yeah, so, you know, this is probably more for the, the plows that go over there. And when I do say plows, I do mean some of the skid steers, you know, possibly the backhoe. Typically, the loaders and the, the blade don't go down the little car rows. That's what the, the snow plow pickups do or the pickup snow plows, whatever you want to say. We cannot leave a wind row behind those cars. And what I mean by that is when you're going down the aisle, you need to plow the snow in the direction from the car to the center of the aisle mm-hmm. and vice versa. I think we had a few pickups that just drove with the plow straight down the aisle and it pushed a windrow so close behind the vehicles we couldn't get to it. Mm-hmm. Well, when that snow freezes and it's a 15-inch tall windrow, if it froze overnight... and Which they, it, it does every night. Exactly, Dave, exactly. And they take a brand new Mercedes or a Tesla or a... Any car can't clear that pile. Right. So they drive over it, and those guys, what sucks about that is all of those lots, they just don't pick an area and go, hey, we're going to unload these cars here today. No, they have a Mercedes aisle. They have a an Acura aisle. They have the Chevy Malibu aisle. They have the Tesla aisle. They have the Ford 250 aisle. They have, you know, they segregate right. everything. It's all designed. That way they can locate them. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't just empty what comes off of the train cars and goes, oh, that's where load 27 was. 
it had a this, it had a that, it had a that. Everything's coordinated, so it is just imperative. We cannot leave those windrows because it'll damage the vehicles. You know, I was luckily able to talk talk to the manager out there and go, you know, hey, are, are we going to be all right overnight? Do we have to send somebody out? Because it was New Year's Eve, and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I, you know, you never get get the call, you know, when it's just a normal <laughs> business time, yeah. right? It's right. always someone got a hold of someone, got a hold of someone else, and now it's a problem. So, but we know better than that. Right, we train everyone. We can't do that. So, just a little reminder: we can't do that. No windrows out there. Windrow goes in the center of the aisle. Then you take. We have V plows. We have skid steer with the snow bucket on it. Uh, multiple vehicles, but you may not be able to clean that aisle or that row from one end to the other. What I try and explain to everyone is: you take that vehicle you're in and you actually back over the windrow a halfway or a quarter way or an eighth of the way down the aisle you drop your your plow or your box and you push that out so it's clean then you back up again and you take another bite and you carry it out mm. that way you're carry it you're removing it it's a clean process and it's complete that way so and sometimes you know if we get four inches of snow it's a lot of snow and you have to do that eight times to clear that aisle if there's a little bit of snow you only have to do it three times maybe so when you're saying a v plow it actually makes a v and when you're taking those smaller bites, it doesn't come out on the side, creating exactly. more windrows. Exactly. Understood. Yes. <clears throat> Very cool. Yep. Uh, sweeping out after the storm, after a storm, set, your, set yourself up for success. What I mean by that is if you're leaving, we kind of touched on this a few lines up. If you're leaving and you got ice in your trailer, material is going to freeze. The best thing you could do is get down to the liner. And when I mean get down to the liner, once you sweep out, there's a lot of times a thin layer of ice, sometimes a half, three-eighths of an inch thick. I'm not saying or encouraging you to hit your liner with the mallet, but if you hit that ice, the ice breaks up, and you can sweep all that ice right out the back of your trailer, spray a little release agent, and that's going to make the biggest difference in your day. It's a little bit more work to get out of the yard, but you won't be fighting it the whole rest of the day. So that would be my suggestion for you. Yep. yep. When you can, do your cleaning out at the end of the day rather than in the morning. Because it's not frozen, you know, it's lighter out or, you know, whatever. It's not going to be 10 degrees and pitch black dark night with an inch of frozen water in the yeah. back. Yeah. Hey, just another you know, tip on that. We've talked about this before about raising your trailers up. If the trailers are going to sit for, you know, three, four, five days like they did over New Year's this year or this weekend, don't raise the trailer all the way up. I saw a trailer over at yard 23 that was raised all the way up. And I don't know if anybody's taken the time to look at each stage of those hydraulic cylinders. The new cylinders actually have a, a cup design at mm -hmm. each extension point. So when I looked at that trailer, there was a V-shaped pile of snow in each cup where it had snowed on all five stages of that cylinder. And I'm like, oh, man, that is not going to be good when we let that trailer down because if that froze or it's ice or anything like that, mm. it could tear up those seals on those cylinders. So mm. raise it up just far enough that the cylinder isn't exposed. And our theory behind that is, you know, if we have a freeze-thaw condition over a, a three-day period as it warms up, at least the water will roll to the back. Right. That's, the, okay. that's the thought process behind sure. that. Yeah, and in Colorado, you never know. You might get a really warm day, and yeah. it'll all just go to yeah. the back of your trailer. Yeah, if it's sitting on a Sunday, and Sunday gets up to 50 degrees, yeah. all of that will melt out. Yeah. But yep. If it's just an overnight snow, that snow is going to stick to your liner. It's not going to help at all. Right, yeah. 
You know what? Shout out to uh, Alex Reza when I went to go get that guy out um, delivering a torch over yard twenty three. He was over there with his kids sweeping out for the oh, next wow. day. He's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have problems." So, yeah, good job, Alex. I we see that a lot, Jim. Yeah. Even though we're not open and we're not hauling, yeah. it's just a, a snow day, and quite a few guys will come, come in and yeah. they'll clean that trailer out. That way, they show up in the morning and. I always yeah. just try to show up early. Yeah, I'll yeah. come in a half hour early. Just yeah. To, yeah, you're not driving down from Greeley this week. Uh, not there. <laughs> but I've learned. I went and bought a snow shovel and sits in the back of the pickup. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked good yesterday. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're sweeping out and you're just struggling with your broom because your broom just fills up with snow and yeah. freezes, come grab a snow shovel from us. You know, you got to return it, but or be like Jack, get your own. You know, yeah. that's probably even hey. better. <clears throat> I got to jump in on that jam when we were. Uh, doing all the rock trailers the other morning mm-hmm. i had like three people jump in there with their broom and i i, I mean i have to buy all those brooms you know i have to order <laughs> them and, and replace them i said dude we got eight inches of snow here you can't be pushing that heavy wet snow with your broom it's just right. not going to do it what really oh okay and so <laughs> you know i had a snow shovel they had a snow shovel we worked together but you cannot push that much snow or ice with the broom. It's going to break the broom. Yep. Those brooms are $30 plus a piece. The new ones with the blue bristles? Well, those are old ones. Those were like leftover. Oh, but gotcha. the, the new ones that we've recently bought, um, which I had to check too, Brother Dave. I ordered 30 of them from Zorro. They are still on back order. Wow. I'm like, the supply chain is so broken, you can't buy yeah, a broom. Can't buy. Wow. I know. So anyway, those are $29 a piece, yep. $28.99 a piece. Also, if, if you're not capable, you know, if you have some physical limitations where it's just a lot for you to sweep that trailer out when there's six or eight inches of snow or for whatever the case may be, don't hesitate to, to ask me, Scooby, JR, Pat, Kendrick, Super Dave, we'll, we'll jump in there and help you guys. You know, yeah, it's, together you'll get it done. Yeah, it's it could be a lot if you're not in the shape to do it. So don't don't let your pride get in the way. We'll come help you. And I just have to say, please, 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 be careful in there. I mean, you are you're on ice on one of the slickest surfaces there already it's slick is back there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is just in an instant you're on your ass, right, Jack? Yeah. I mean, it is I'm just, always just holding to the side. Me yeah. too. I always <laughs> yeah. hold the side and yeah, push like with one hand. One yep. broom and yep. hold the rail. I always just exactly. hold the rail. Yep. Yeah, and if your trailer's up just a little bit, you're, you you oh. don't even need to walk. You could just hold the broom out and you're going to slide. Right. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. That broom just became a hockey stick <laughs> that you're, you're yeah. using as a tripod to balance in front of you. You know, I gotta I gotta thank Scooby. Scooby bought me a pair of uh, cleats last winter. And those make a big difference. They you know? do. Not so much in the trailer, but walking over to get there. You those know, but yeah, if you're if you're standing on ice in the trailer and it's secure to the liner, it's good. But man, that ice breaks free and you're going for a ride just right? as easy. Even even with the cleats, huh? Well, well if you're standing on ice and the ice breaks free, you're Oh dead. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the cleats so. aren't on the liner, the cleats are on the ice yeah. <laughs> on the liner. Absolutely. All right, Jack, so this was the third week in a row we try to have you on the podcast. <laughs> We've just been really busy and shorthanded with the holidays. And then I probably started asking you to come on the podcast when you first started working here and got a lot of no's, but we are happy yeah. that you're here today. So thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. This is kind of a cliche icebreaker, but what do you like to do in your time off? Do you got hobbies and... What, what do you do? You hang not, out with the grandkids? Not, or? Yeah, not really. I mean, just hang out with the grandkids. I mean, that's kind of why we moved to northern Colorado, be close to my daughter. 
Okay. You know, my other daughter lives in Arvada, but, you know, we kind of liked it up where we we live just right down the road in Commerce City. My wife grew up out here. So uh-huh. I, and, and she makes a commute down here every yeah, day. Yeah, she well, makes right? it now, too. Yeah, because she still kept her job, and that's what we decided to do. And it's it's all right. I mean, some days, some days I get tired of it, and then... I'll drive by the old house, and I'm like, eh, I don't miss it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you some days you get out into that country, and you're like, nice. I like it a lot. You know, yeah. you know, my wife was, you know, her family, her her dad was originally from um, Barnesville, Minnesota, right outside of Fargo. So they had a farm there when he passed away just about 25 years ago, and he left him the farm. And she, we always spent a couple weeks out there every summer we'd go out there and uh, and that's kind of what, what we like about eating it kind of reminds her of that and stuff like that and, nice. And, nice and stuff so that's what we decided to do it was a, kind of a spur of the moment thing we decided to do it and then uh we were like wow well. so as we looked at houses and stuff the taxes are cheaper up there and everything and stuff so we're kind of going yeah the house was cheaper than trying to look at somewhere in thornton or whatever and, sure and then uh I was like, yeah, what we're saving, you know, on taxes and stuff, we can pay for gas. Well, then gas went up. So, <laughs> so we're not really saving nothing anymore. Huh. <laughs> it's costing now, but it's all right. I don't mind it. I think the one thing I would jo- enjoy about the commute home is just be able to decompress. It is. It's yeah. nice. I mean, I ain't delighted. That's when I listen to the podcast. Yeah. I got it takes it. about an hour to go home, and I can. You know, if I don't get through it on the way back down the next day, I'll listen, finish yeah. listening to it. I got like 15 or 20 minutes to wash it all off before I get home to my family. Yeah, right. Sometimes I need more time. Yeah. That's cool. Jack, how many years have you been driving? Uh, Actually, uh, June, my birthday in June will be 40 years. Wow. I got got my CDLR. Back then it was Class A, you'd call it, I guess. So I got it when I was 18. Actually, I started driving with my dad probably when I was 16, 17. I'd go with him and we would just... I'd pull over before the port of entries and let him drive through. <laughs> he, uh, uh, him and my uncle ha- had a produce business. They used to buy produce at a Donargo market, and then they hauled it to Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, and then they did all the restaurants and then university and stuff up there. So gotcha. we did that for years. Can you can you name off or click through some of the other places you drove for? Oh, God. Well, I've uh-huh. only had – this makes my fifth job. Yes, really? I can name them all. It was my dad. Then I went on to uh, – uh, I went into gravel, driving a gravel truck. I drove for Tony Spano. I drove for him. He had those tandems. I drove for him for about seven years. Just couldn't, couldn't make him enough money. <laughs> and it was just back, back then, it just didn't pay that well, I guess, you know, before the CDL. And I left there and went and worked for King Supers. And I drove for them. And then my brother started Domenico Transportation. And then I worked the last 20 years for him. Gotcha. And then I came over here. Is that Spano? Is that related to Bill Spano? Tony Spano? Is it the same? Yeah, I don't know. I they're, all, they're all kind yeah. of... Tony's yeah. been around. I mean, he just grew up... I mean, they're originally from... They had property right behind the refinery down there. As you drive down where Metro Sewer and stuff, that that's where their family was originally from. They had sure. the greenhouses and stuff. And he still has one truck. He's, I still see him around once in a while. Yeah, and he's so, got the... I always laugh because he's got kind of like that lion, lion that yeah. lion on it. Yeah, that old. Isn't that a car club lion? Or I associate it with that. It has it has something to do with that. I yeah. think or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I actually ended up at his deal. I was trying to, I, I wanted to drive for Laprinos, and you know, back then it was it was hard to get on driving yeah. job. I mean, you know, and I was only twenty three at the time, and they were like, no, no, and he had trucks leased to Laprinos, and I knew 
one of his drivers. And so then he was telling me, so I ended up over there. I went over there and said, hey, and then same thing. I can't hire you. Then he looked at me and he goes, can you drive a 13? I go, yeah. He goes, well, I have an opening in one of my tandems. I got a perfect job for it. And they, he did a lot <laughs> with the refinery. He used to do a lot over there. At the, oh, interesting. At the refinery. He, and that's what I did probably the first three years I worked for him. Every day just down there moving dirt with the tandem. I'll be darned. At the, at the refinery. So did huh. all that. So that's where I learned that part. So 20 years over at Domenico Foods? Tra- Domenico Transportation. Domenico Transportation. Yeah, that's my brother. What, what, all, what all the jobs did you have over there? <laughs> did everything. Years? I just, you know, everything. I mean, I was kind of, I, you know, I guess you could say if the wheels fell off the bus, try to put them back on. Gotcha. You know, I just, I did everything for Vic. I mean, kind of <laughs> filled in everywhere where we could drive. You know, uh, probably about the last 13 years I was there, I, I was like the Mikey. I did the shop part. Gotcha. I did all that and stuff like that. But, you know, if I needed to do anything else, that, you know, if I needed to help them in safety or something, I would or whatever. But Gotcha. Sounds like you were the free safety. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it was just doing everything, I guess. I got to jump in and say we were chatting outside one day, Jack, and I was just enthralled with the stories you were telling about <laughs> Kroger or, or uh, the King King's family yeah, and, yeah. and all of those things that went down to create the the Kroger King Supers um, like scene that we see yeah, today. Yeah. Was, you are a history book, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Been around a that. long time, I guess. Yeah, driving 40 years in this city, you've probably seen it all. Yeah. Quite you, you see a lot of a lot of things. So you, know, you know what's so impressive is five jobs. Right. Five jobs. You know, in what's funny years. is my wife's only, years, that's my wife's only had two. Oh wow! Same amount of time. She's yeah. only worked for two people. You know, and what does she do? She's actually a secretary at but the Mapleton Schools. You know the 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 schools right there on Eighty Eighth in York. Okay. Uh, she's at what they call Mesa, and she's a uh, secretary. She started working for the schools when the kids started. You know, Got she it. actually worked downtown at an accounting firm. Okay. And uh, she liked that. And same thing. You know, kind of like. She wanted to be around the kids more, be off with the kids, and so she started with that. And I always te- teased her, like, yeah, when the kids get done at school, you can go back to the deal. And she stayed, and uh, just about 23 years, I think she has with them. Okay. So, so yeah, nice. still doing that. So she likes it. So when I drove for Cormark, uh, one of the truck bosses over there was getting ready to uh, move to Wyoming and work in the coal mines. And I was like, oh, you know, you're going to be a supervisor. You're going to do this. And he's like, you know what, Jam? I just want to be a dude. And that reminds me of you, Jack, because, you know, we've offered you some things around here just because of your experience and your knowledge and, you know, the things that you've done to, hey, would you be interested in this? Would you be interested in that? And every time it's just, no, no, I'm, I'm good. It's I just got to the point of that's all I wanted to do. You know, I I like I always like driving. Yeah, uh, when I left Vic, it was just it was one of those things. It was kind of like it's kind of like a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. And it was one of those. It, it was, I think it would have been. It was just better just to leave. Kind of. I, I that's how I felt. And uh, and it wasn't like I just threw a dart and decided, hey, I'm gonna go drive for JFW. I I started. I, I started looking probably in September. I just started looking, and uh, I knew nothing about you guys. And I just remember I could see all the trucks going, and <laughs> and so you're, you're trying to ask people, you know, do you know about these guys or whatever? And actually, I got talked to a couple of guys because we we always did a lot with Kenworth, and uh, they talked very highly of you guys. And I, I kind of like 
well, one of them told me is, wow, he goes, they're kind of picky about their trucks. Everything has to be a certain way and all that. And I thought, well, that's good. I, I'm kind of like that. I, I like that. And uh, and I ain't going to lie to you. I figured you guys weren't even hiring because coming from the grocery business, you um, it's 724, 365. Mm. And I always looked at it over here. It was like, to me, it's a day job. In the trucking business, this is a day job. People right. might not think it's a day job. Sure. This is a day job. You know, uh, what, two Saturdays a month, half days type of thing, Sundays, you know. I mean, unless you're doing cool or Sundays off. And that's why I look. I like the start time. I like the 5 a.m. I like starting that time. I like getting off early. I mean, years I've worked nights. I mean, you're going to work 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. Man, that... That sucks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you're younger, it's not as bad. But man, when I started, you know, I just didn't want it. And I ain't lying. I I figured you guys weren't even higher. And I figured, okay, they got a line around that building, you know, because it's a day. And uh, I was on Indeed. I had an account set up on Indeed, and uh, I, I, I blew it off actually. I mean, I came down there. I parked outside you guys' deal over here about ten minutes one day, and I thought, and I was kind of pro and con in it. Should I leave? Shouldn't I leave? But, uh, and I thought, oh, no, forget it. I just left. And then got more and more data about it. And finally, I looked on Indeed, and I seen it, and it says, this employer has reviewed applications in the last day. So I'm thinking, well, I guess they must be hiring. So I submitted it, and I guess the rest is history, I guess you could say. And I ain't going to lie to you. When I started, I didn't think I was going to – I wasn't going to stay. I was I was trying to go and find something closer to home instead of the commute. And uh, – before you know it, you're kind of like, honestly, you're like looking at things going, wow, you know, almost the year goes by, and the year goes by. And like you've said before, Brother Dave, it's give it a year, and things just start to get better, and I like it. I mean, you know, I have no intentions. I mean, it's it, it's what I was looking for, I guess I should say. Nice. And I think that's what other drivers should be out there. I mean, is it what you're looking for? Right. You know, always pro and con everything. That's how I always done things. Sure, but to hear a guy with 40 years experience, you've seen a lot, you've only had five jobs, but you know kind of what's out there, so to come over here and not really plan on staying, I think you and I talked, you, you thought you would be here for a year max, Yeah. you know, and then... I, I, you know, it's funny, I did because, you know, you know, my brother's also, you know, we grew up on a farm, and my brother has, my youngest brother out of the family, I come from a large family, there's, I got 11 siblings. And, and my, you know, the youngest, my brother, Greg, he has the farm in the farm up there off of, uh, he's up there off of, uh, right down from Barra there on Highway 66. Uh -huh. And I wanted to go back and kind of drive for him. And I, and I told him one day and he kind of like blew me off. Oh, I don't want to do it. And so I blew it <laughs> off or whatever. Well, then like last summer he calls me, oh, come on. He goes, why don't you come to, and I'm like. I don't want him now. <laughs> and then he's like, and I'm like, you're here too late. I go, I would have came last summer, no problem. If you would have called me, I go, right now, I go, I, I like, uh, I don't know, I guess it's a flexibility. I mean, it, I mean, you guys do a lot. You guys are really flexible to, in my eyes when it comes to like family time and stuff. Like if you have something or whatever you get, you know, and that's what I like. And, you know, and I like, you know, when I was setting up my vacations, I've asked you before a jam, you know, you're like, hey, first come, first serve. And, you know, I think I was putting in stuff 
for this December stuff, I was off back in March because <laughs> right. I am. I'm a planner. I, I want to plan things, and uh, so I, that's what I like to do. And that's what I like about it. And, and, and I think that's one of the pros about you guys. I mean, that's what I like about it. What's funny is Jack says we're flexible, but he's very low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, he's not coming to you three days a week. Hey, I need this, or can I do that, or, or what, what's here? Yeah. Or, yeah. or that day, yeah. or yeah. for the well, yeah, it's like I try to plan things, and it's the same thing. Uh, I, I tell my kids the same thing. I give them the printout of of the Saturdays I work. Here, these are the Saturdays I work. So if you want grandpa there on some of your stuff, plan it on these days. If not, then I'm going to be late. I mean, if you want it early or just do it yeah. later on or whatever, yeah. I go, but just plan it these dates. And that's, and so that's why we even it. came up with the Saturday rotations was for people to be able to plan their lives a little bit better. Like, oh, I have these days off. Let me... It doesn't always work like that, but it still works out with you know people finding coverage and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, I, I try. I try to plan things. I, I always try to plan things. I don't know. It's just the way I, I'm from. So when we talked about having you on the podcast, Jack, you were pretty vocal about you wanted to talk about you know the grass is greener on the other side, or you know what makes people leave or come here or stay or don't. What, what's your thoughts on all that? Uh, a lot of times on the grass is green. A lot of people, uh, I seen this when I'm working with Vic because I mean we always had turnover and drivers. Same thing, you know. It was nights, weekends, and that type of thing. It, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. It, it's just like I've said before, trying to pro and con and look at things or whatever, and then just see what you uh, what fits you. Mm-hmm. You know that type of thing is 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 this job right for you? Is it? Right. Some people I think come over here and then all of a sudden you know I'll look around and I'll, I mean I, I remember when I got hired there was a guy that got hired the same day I did and I don't think he was here three months right. and was gone he you know, not quit and I just remember him telling me oh, I hate being the new guy I hate being the new guy and then <laughs> I go oh hell yeah I go well I haven't been the new guy in twenty years and he kind of like looked at me. And it was just weird, all of a sudden, like, he, he was gone, you know. But I think I asked you, Jam, and you know, I don't know, he quit, whatever. And I was just kind of surprised. But I think it's just what fits you. It's just, I think there's, I like it for that reason. I, I, I like, I told you at the start times, I, I, I like working during the days. You know, yeah. I, I remember you guys said when you guys had Ray on not too long ago when he was talking about how, how, how you just hit a button, truck goes up. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say easy. I mean, to me, it's kind of easy, but some people might. But it's just... I wanted a job that I could do in my 60s. I'm going right. to you. And, and I, I, I looked at that. I mean, I look at Marty. I mean, God, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know if I want to be driving at 75, but looking <laughs> at him kind of going, wow, that's 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 pretty good. I right. mean, it's, but I, I don't know. Maybe I might have to. I don't know. Huh. But I wanted something that I can do. Uh, I always say that, doing my uh, 60s. I always wanted to make decisions in my 50s, not to screw up my 60s. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah. If you ask yeah. Marty, he'll just tell you stop buying things and you can retire. <laughs> yeah, you can retire or whatever. Yeah, well, that's it. That's I guess whatever. But uh, I do. I look funny. at it. I think that's good. I mean, it's to see somebody doing that still. Awesome. What's uh, what's some of your advice you could give for for the new blood for the new drivers coming to JFW? Uh, give it a chance. Don't don't sit there and 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 worry about everything or like oh you know. Are they going to fire me? Like you always say, brother Dave, do just do your job. If you just show up, do your job. I think I think just do it the best way you can. If not, pick up the phone or call somebody or ask. You know that. And sometimes I'm I'm a type that 
I'll just do it kind of without asking. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, it, you know, it, what's the saying? Is it better to, to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission? You know, that type of thing. You know, I, I do that sometimes with the truck. If, you know, uh, when I was driving 65 or whatever, I stopped at plant 13 one day and I looked down and I'm leaking antifreeze. Well, it's a clamp. And I always carry my own tools with me. So right. I get down there and I tighten it all up. And then I told John that night, hey, double check all the clamps. But, you know, it's just one of those. I mean, yeah. I've had people where... Oh, I ain't touching nothing. I ain't that. Then they're calling. They're this, and and I used to have to send service trucks out for, like, man, that's <laughs> for a clamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, believe me, I, we call that getting off the island. Uh, that's that's Mikey and I's joke. Is yeah, you got off the island. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we had to send a rescue boat down <sighs> to tighten the clamp that took you five minutes. Exactly. You probably carry a gallon of antifreeze with you, I, I so do you that. were able to top I, it off, and you got off the island and. That took you, I'm making it up, but probably no more than 15 minutes. You'd have been down there two hours waiting on us. That's it. I'm from the school. I don't want to wait. I I don't want to wait on the side of the road unless I have to. That truck has to be, that truck has to be disabled. If not, I'm going to band-aid that thing or try to my best. I carry my own air hose with me that I can hook into the lad hand. I mean, my, I used to have them all because we always ran super singles with Vic and you know, I always had my air hose. I made me one for this, and I always I carry it with me for that reason. Because I'm thinking, if I got a low tire, and you can air it up enough to get it back, yeah, absolutely, to get it back. And same yep. thing, if you see that light flashing, if that light's flashing, it's telling you. I especially on the trailer, I'm Lincoln, so yeah. either try to. I mean, I had guys with a trailer one time blow a tire out, ruin the wheel, and everything else. And I'm like, well. That light up on the top over there, that amber light, wasn't that fun? Well, you mean the ABS light? And I go, well, the ABS light's on the back of the trailer. It's at the front. <laughs> There's a little sign there that tells you what it's for. Yeah. But that thing's on. Hey, let's pull over and look at it. Man, let's drive it until it blows. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't Pro- my tire. <laughs> proactive versus reactive. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like that. I'm, I'm just that type of yeah. deal. Just to try to get it. Try to get it back. Yeah. Not to sidetrack you, but you kind of mentioned it earlier that you said I've said that. But do you agree, Jack, that this is a job you have to do for a year? You have to yes. go through all four seasons yes. in this yes. job. Yes, it, If you don't, if you know nothing about, if you know nothing to me, I call it the gravel business. If you don't know nothing about it, you yes. know about the slow times and all. Like I said, I worked seven years for Tony. I knew what what the uh, what the downtime was. You know, and that was probably why I left after, you know, it was my when my second daughter was born. I mean, I just needed, you know, I needed more, you know, grocery business. Hey, you 24/7. can make it. It's 24/7 you know. <laughs> you can go make more money, but you're I mean, like I says, you're you're working days, nights, week, you, you turn in 10, you know, you, you get done to be back, whatever, yeah. that type of thing, you know. So that's it. But yeah, to me you have to give it a year. Because then, you know, your pay raise is kicking, everything everything starts to work in. And then you start looking at it, and then when you thought about that job, that, ah, uh, that was my second choice, and you start, then you start comparing them. And you're like, ah, it ain't that great. You know, it's not, yeah. as, it's not, and then you're starting from ground zero again. You know, and that's what you got to look at. When new people, guy. You're the new guy. Yes, <laughs> and, and when, people are, when people worry about money and start chasing that dollar bill, you're never going to get ahead. That's all you're going to do is chase a dollar bill. Yep. You know, if you leave and you went and did something totally different, it's a different story. But if you left and went to another driving job, it's a wash in my eyes. You ain't gonna, it ain't gonna be any yeah. different in my eyes. It's just yeah. a wash yep. and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about the guy that quit after three months and he doesn't like being. I hate being a new guy. He's probably always a new guy. Yeah, if you're jumping ship yeah. every three months. Well, that's right? what I was just saying, and it was just funny the way he told me that. I mean, it was just. 
oh, I hate being the new guy. And I'm like, okay, you know. And I mean, I don't think he made it through the summer. Yeah, and I started in February. We're both in February. When we get off there, you'll have to remind me who that was. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I think hard enough, I'll we, remember. Okay. We talk about grit, and this job takes so much grit. But if you're a new guy, you know, we did an interview with a guy this morning, Coleman, young kid. I mean, he goes against all of our our requirements, Jack. Rules. And, and what I mean by that <laughs> Hiring is rules. you're supposed to be 25, he's 23. You're okay. supposed to have two years' experience. He's got none with a Class A. He's got Class B experience for two years, Dave. No, a little year. more than that. <laughs> okay, yeah, he, three years. He has really good Class B experience. Right. I love roll-off drivers, trash drivers. drivers they get yes. in and out of tight places. They have a lot of work on their plate every day, which really you know parallels with what we do. Yeah. Yes. But he gets it, Jack. In in meeting with him this morning, he he understands the business. He understands, hey, it's going to be a little slow right now. And what we run into so often, and it's, I don't want to say it's all four seasons. It's more summer versus winter. But we'll hire a guy in summer, and I mean, we're 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 busting ass. We're barely keeping up, yeah. right? Everybody's yelling at us. You know, yeah. this plant's low. This this whatever. We need to move as many loads as we can. And this guy's like, I I can't work that many hours. I've worked here three months and I haven't had a Saturday off or something like that or you know and, and that was their choice right because we give the two Saturdays off yes. a month yeah. but they're like I can't do that and it's like well it's just this window that we're in or you have the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm talking about Coleman that we interviewed this morning he's starting at what I, I consider it the worst time of the year because your learning curve through winter is huge right if you're new to this industry and you started like he did three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago or whatever it is a month ago I mean, it is it is a horrible learning curve. I mean, just the industry, the truck, how things function, the dumping the frozen material, the I mean, just everything about it. And then you have the other end where, geez, it, I I missed a couple of days. My paycheck isn't that good either. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like whammy on top of whammy. Where I think winter is worse than summer, but we have both ends of those spectrums, and that's the reason I say, you know, you have to do this job for a year. It you have to go through the full cycle. For a year, yeah, I'll be exactly. And and if the drivers are always like, "Oh, I got to make so much," sometimes you're not. You know, this week's going to be lighter than this yeah. week, but you you, you got to balance it out through the summer too. You know, that's what you got to look at. And you know, and just like you know, this past week, you know, uh, three days off, that type of thing. I mean, that's what you got to look for. You yeah. know, look forward to that and stuff. Yeah. I mean. And in the 20 years I worked with Vic, I mean, I worked just about almost all Christmases. I always took Christmas Eve off because that's when my wife always did things. But, you know, I've worked plenty of Christmas days. You know, sure. You know, 4th of July, Labor Day weekend, or Labor Day, you know, uh, Memorial Day. You know, the first summer I worked with you guys, Memorial Day, or Labor Day, you know, me and my wife were sitting around the house. And she sat there. She goes, wow, she goes, this is the first time in 27 years you've had <laughs> three-day weekends on all, you know, Memorial Day, Labor uh, Labor Day, and Fourth of July. And I go, yeah, nice. first time in, in 27 years. And nice. so that's why I always, I mean, it fit what I was looking for. You know, I think I think if people just look at it that way. Yeah. You know, and type it. I mean, I know there was a guy that worked for uh, Vic or whatever that wanted to come over, and I told him that. I go, I don't know if you're going to like it. And I go, is it what you're looking? I go, you probably wouldn't even have looked at it if I wasn't over there working. Right. You're like, oh, if Jack's over there, you know, it can't be that bad. You know, I don't, but it was what I was looking for. And I says, and he didn't come over and stuff, but 
I don't think he would have been the guy that did come over, but well, didn't. he didn't. Work, I, I didn't think it was going to work out. You know, that's yeah, what I told you. He I didn't mean, interview very well. You know, and stuff. You know, and, and he's the type. He always he's you know, been paid by the hour. And all of a sudden, you know, you're doing by the load, and all of a sudden, you know, and my. I always felt like he'd have been like sitting in traffic chewing on the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Now I'm losing money, you know, and that right. type of thing. You, you can't look at it that way. You just got to look at the whole, as you guys were saying, the whole pie. Just look at the whole thing. Yeah. Look at the whole thing. We do have people that do very well here. And uh, I was like what Troy Hunt says about this job. The job is the job itself is easy. This is an easy trucking job for all the reasons that you said. It's a day job. You know, it's not very physical. Like, it's easy to do. But you got to grind to make some some coin yeah you know if if you're stopping for lunch every day you're not going to be a top earner over here if you're bringing your lunch and you're keeping the window closed and the, you know the door closed i mean and, the, and yeah the keep the door moving, closed that's yeah you're gonna you're gonna do well you know so it, but like you said is that a good fit for everybody maybe not it's some, some people, is not for everybody it, it's not for everybody but uh, for like the new people that come that don't know nothing about it give it a chance I mean, my deal is give it a chance and, and see, you know, down the road, you know, you might look back and go, hey, it was the best thing I decided to do or is it the worst thing? I don't know. Yeah. You know? I think, too, Jack, you mentioned those people chasing the money. <clears throat> I think no matter what job they have, they're always going to be chasing the money. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. I mm-hmm. think those are people that have made choices that they need to stop and look instead of chasing the money. Maybe I shouldn't be spending so much. Right. Yeah. And reassess. You know, they, they keep chasing the same thing with a new job, with a new job, with a new job. Yeah. Oh, I need more money. I need more money. I need more money. Sometimes they just need to look at that from the other perspective and go, well, how, how can I get away without needing so exactly. much money? You know, do I need to sell this car? Do I need to, whatever the case may be. And all of us make mistakes sometime financially. You know what I mean? We've all gotten in a bind. We've all yeah. had a hiccup or two, you know, along the way where we're learning something. But I, those people, they're, they're in trouble for a reason. Because they usually don't make good financial choices, you know. So it's it is difficult to find that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of people that way. I mean, I don't want to stereotype everybody, but I think just all of a sudden they hear about the, a job and this job paid this, and yeah, uh, you know, and they're like, oh, and let, they're all liars. <laughs> I mean, everybody's lying, you know, that type right. of thing, you know. So that's what you you just gotta look you just gotta look at it that way, you know. And that's what I did, or whatever. I even went on like like the reviews and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Was reading reviews, and I remember coming across this one review, and this it was an old driver. It said, and you know, and and oh, unless unless you kiss up to the dispatchers, you don't get the good thing, and you get that. And I'm just looking at back, laughing, going, well, that's just. That's just that person, you know. Right. He just he's always thinking that whatever. Disgruntled. Yes, yeah. you know that type of thing. You know that's the way I look at it. Type of, I don't take that with a lot of grain of salt. I mean, because you know it's it's the same thing. You don't. I I don't want to complain because that's the last thing the dispatchers want to hear. Right. You complain. So just I try to be. I try to be seen more than heard. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, let your you work know. speak for itself. Yeah. Jack, you said everybody lies, so did we lie about anything? No, you didn't. Okay. No, you uh, didn't. We've come but but in, in the old job, there's times you, you kind of lie a little bit. <laughs> 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 and then you're always trying to find drivers so bad, you know, that yeah. type of thing or whatever. So you're, you're trying to paint what they want, and then you're like, well... I don't know if you guys look at it that way, but hey, you get two, three months, four months out, and get through the busy season. Hey, we did all right. You know, <laughs> we'll worry about 
we'll worry about it next time around or whatever. But yeah, that's definitely yeah. not Super Dave's strategy at all. <laughs> and yeah. I could spend a whole podcast talking about the strategies involved. <laughs> I'll tell you the, exactly. The lion's not one of them. No, but you you definitely go from the different ebbs and flows of the year, and you have different needs when you're looking at your your drivers that you want to bring on board at that time. So yeah, and this is an industry that's production based. The produce as well, Jack. Yeah. I mean, there's I I a hundred percent understand what you're addressing. I I totally get it. Where you're just, you're desperate. Right? Yeah. I mean, you have X amount of loads or X amount of exactly. contracts. You need to try and fulfill. Or that and- driver that's screwing up and you want to fire him. But you're like, I don't have his replacement. Right. I mean, there's times I would look at Vic and go, God, we got to get rid of this guy. And he goes, well, when you find me his replacement, then I'll get rid of him. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Because you're like, yeah. you know, I. Uh, he used to sit there and say, I, I know what I have with him. I don't know what I got with the new guy. You know, that type of thing. So I that's say what you that do. all the time. And so you just... You just you shut up, you buckle up, and you're like, uh. And then, Odison, three weeks later, the truck's laying in the ditch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, wow, okay. Yep. Maybe they, you know, we should have done something different. We but. talk about that, the bar. Where's our bar? Standards. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Who, uh, who brought these winter driving tips for truck drivers up? I brought oh, those it in. It says Dave White on the top of it. Yes, it does. You want to yeah. address that, Dave? I do, yeah. In, in our interview this morning... With Coleman, that was something he brought up. Being a young, young driver, you know, not much experience in the conditions and stuff. And <laughs> sounds like for being a young guy, we've already shot him up to Vale and and Frisco and Eisenhower with some salt. So <laughs> like a little, little probably white knuckling possibly for him. And I just thought, geez, it, you know, he's spot on. We're in the heart of winter, and we haven't talked about driving tips, winter driving tips for quite some time. So, you know, when the temperature plunges to five degrees. Even the most experienced people can have a hard time managing icy roads or poor visibility, you know, traction issues like we had last night at the pit, getting off in some soft stuff. We talk about that. It can be extremely challenging. So if you if we implement some of these skills for the driving conditions, you know, when you're on an icy road, you can just sail right through winter with no problems. If you if you just, you know, think about what your what your needs are. You know, I like having Jack on here because I've noticed everything he's talked about, you know, he said just in his time off, he likes to schedule things. He's obviously a planner, right? He's planning what he needs to do tomorrow. He's planning what the next load is. He's planning, I mean, he's he's thinking about the position and what needs to be done. So the first thing starts off with inspect your vehicle. You know, getting your truck prepared for winter uh, is essential and uh, it's important to prevent any major problems. You know, like he caught that that clamp that was leaking down at the plant down there and was able to just tighten it because he carries his own tools. You know, we provide a tool bag with the minimalist of tools, but even as minimal as those tools are, we've pretty well made sure there's something in there to get you out of a bind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. You're, you can get by with, even if you have to tighten a nut with a pair of needle nose vice grips, <laughs> right? It could be done. Is it right? Is it perfect? No, but will it get you here? Most likely, yes. So anyway... You know, take a look at that truck, go through everything, check your your tire pressure. We talk about that almost daily, engine oil, antifreeze levels, Uh, check everything before you hit the road. You can also have a mechanic inspect your vehicle to make sure it's ready. What, What I caution you about that is the mechanics are busy making repairs. 
That is their job. It is your job to do the pre-trip and post-trip. You are responsible for the, the liquid levels in those vehicles. Be sure you have plenty of washer fluid this time of year. You know, the majority of the trucks, I think the Kenworths and the Peets, you can burn through a bottle of washer fluid in a day. Oh, yeah. It's my understanding the Freightliners have like a three-gallon jug. Okay. In them or, or bottle. That's the new trucks, the new Kenworth, it looks like it said two gallons on it. Does it? It says two I haven't gallons. even looked at yeah, that, Jack. Yeah. So maybe there's enough, yeah, there's enough to get you through yeah. a day. I burned through a gallon yesterday. Yeah. The, the older there. trucks were one gallon. One gallon. You yes. dump yes. a whole gallon one jug gallon, in there and that it. would top mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So carry another bottle with you. Mm-hmm. You know, an extra Always bottle here in the cab. You know, that way you can get through the day. Number one, or I'm sorry, number two here. I think it should be number one because we talk about this incessantly all the time. Slow down. Just plain out slow down. I mentioned that a couple times on the radio this morning. Just in your your driving habits and your body motions. When you jump in and out of the truck, you know, I see so many guys, they're, they're so excited to jump out of that cab, you know, at the end of the day or just to get your ticket or to go walk back to the trailer or whatever. Back out of that truck, three-point stance, just like you climbed into it. You know, be sure you've got... Two hands and a foot or two feet and a hand connected. If you have a three-point stance, nine times out of ten, you're not going to fall when you hit the ground. So slow down not only in your driving, but also you know in your, your physical motions, you yourself. So most accidents occur uh, because drivers don't adjust their speed according to road conditions. While driving on snow-covered roads, you may need to compensate for the poor traction by reducing your wheel speed. Moreover, going slow, you'll also give more time to react if anything goes wrong. So be extra easy with your accelerator this winter. Uh, I mean, that's just, I I feel that's common sense, but we still have to talk about it. We still have those people that, you know, I I can be driving down the road, coming to work in the morning, and it's, it's in the middle of a snowstorm, and I'm going, I don't know, 40 miles an hour down Highway 85, and I'll have a car zip past me at 60. And I think, what is what does he know that I don't, you know, or she know, or whoever it is, you know? And you think if that light up there changes, they can't stop for it, you know. I I can't stop for it. How can they? But they don't have anyone helping them with these things. So I guess that's the way I look at this: is hey, we're out there trying to preach this, talk about it. So slow down, be extra easy. So the third thing on the list is give yourself some extra space. That goes in conjunction with slow down. That extra space is automatically created when you slow down. You know, I had this morning just coming to work. I mean, you get, you just run into something every every day in every instance. You could you could probably talk about an instant every load you you haul that you deliver. But like coming in, you know, you either have cars running seventy five miles an hour passing you, or you run up on the guy that's doing fifty, and you have to go around him. <laughs> you know, and I'm like. I came to work this morning and I stayed in the slow lane all the way down I-25, but I was literally running 75 miles an hour and cars were passing me the whole way in. I got to 84th. I was able to make my way over. And that curve where you get off a 25 southbound onto, I call it the 270-76 boulder turnpike Bikers, split, right? Yeah. I don't know what to call that off-ramp, but that, it, that thing can get slick. And there is two bumps at the end of that ramp just before you make the merge. And I tell you what, that last bump in my pickup, you buckle up right? If you're going too fast, you better be buckled up. So I just, I hit it going like 35, 40 miles an hour and it pisses everyone off behind me, but it's rough. And if it's slick and you hit that bump and you're in a curve, what's going to happen? You're going to spin out. You're going to slide out of control. And you can't, you wouldn't compensate from that. You wouldn't recover from it at that angle, at that speed. So yeah, slow down, give yourself some extra space, be prepared for that. And, uh, just pay attention to what you're doing. Icy roads, uh, What's it say here? 
stopping distance on a wet road is twice the normal stopping distance. And on icy roads, it's almost 10 times the stopping distance. So leave plenty of room between uh, your truck and the vehicle in front of you so that you have enough space to move out of harm's way in case of unpredictable situations. It's always good to put extra space between yourself and some of the terrible drivers that you might meet in the winter conditions. So yeah, just something to think of. Uh, here's another one we probably don't address enough, but I, I feel, uh, I, I, yeah, we just don't address it enough. Number four says stay smooth. In cold weather, Try hard to refrain from doing anything sudden. Sudden braking, sudden acceleration, sudden cornering, etc. If the situation demands that you slow down suddenly on a slick road, pump the brakes lightly. The key is to maintain the consistent speed and avoid doing anything that reduces traction on slippery roads. So, you know, that, that whole smooth, that's what one of the things we call the term Cadillacing. It's just an easy acceleration up to speed, and it's an easy decel down to stopping speeds. So, one of the big things, you know, when you're running into a storm or during a storm, when it's snowing out, pay attention to tire spray. When you look in your mirrors or when you're looking at other vehicles on the road, you know, when you're, say, we deliver something up to Fort Collins and we leave here and it's dry, but you're headed into the storm, you pretty soon you're traveling along and you, the snow's coming down and you got spray coming off of the tires and you make it, I don't know, up towards Vara 66 there, Highway 66 there, like you'd be going to Vara, and you keep going, and it's still the same amount of snow, but all of a sudden there's no spray. That means it's ice. Nice. That means it's slick. That means you've lost all 100% of your traction because you're on ice. There is no more spray left. There's no water on the road. It's, it's done. So pay attention to that. That's something that's key. You can really see it in your mirrors definitely see it on the other vehicles around you so when there's no spray it's slick you're you're pretty much on ice or packed snow so uh that's always definitely a good one next one on there is uh let there be light you know i think chris beam just gave this up in a tips and trick a couple weeks ago but the visibility is quite poor in inclement weather conditions don't forget to clean your lights on the tractor and trailer that get covered in snow and ice. I think Jim had brought it up that, you know, I say back in the day, but prior to us having LEDs and everything, the condescent lights, mm -hmm. they created heat. heat yeah. The snow always melted off of them. You could always see a vehicle. Now you can be going down the road. If a trailer's been running on snow-packed roads for 100 miles, you don't even see them until you're on them. Those lights aren't... They're illuminated, but you can't see them because the LED light bulbs don't generate any heat, so it doesn't melt the snow off of that light. So, yeah, you know, luckily we're able to get out every load, and like Chris said, save yourself some steps. Walk back with a piece of paper towel, wipe those lights off, and, and clean your, your lights. It's going to be safety for everyone. So that might help, you know, someone seeing you in one of those situations. Also clean your headlights. If, it's, if you're having to run, you know, like Jack said yesterday, ran through a bottle of washer fluid, Pretty good odds you probably needed to clean your lights at some point oh, yeah, for this I, morning, you know? I've cleaned them a couple of times just during the day or whatever. Sure. Yeah, this morning I was wiping them down. Sure. And everything yeah. for that reason. Yep. Uh, number seven on here, take evasive action. Sometimes it's better to take evasive action than hard braking, especially on snow-covered roads. If your speed is around 25 to 30 miles an hour, consider decelerating your truck slightly and maneuvering around the obstacles to avoid collision. So, you know, they're already at a slow speed. They're already going 25 or 30. You know, I mean, that's the same speed as you'd go down the street here to come into the yard. 
So really think about that. You're already in poor conditions if you're doing 25 or 30. So take evasive action. Hopefully you can steer around that situation and work through everything. So uh, number eight on here, when in doubt, pull over. If the weather condition is too severe to drive in, don't think too much about your schedule or your pay. Find a safe way to get off the roadway and wait until the weather gets better and it's safe for you to drive. No matter what, safety is number one. I mean, if there's, we say it all the time, there's no load of gravel or no load of salt worth crashing for or hurting someone or putting your life in danger or someone else's life in danger. So when in doubt, pull over. I do want to kind of add to that. Please try and do it on an off-ramp or somewhere that you are safely out of the way. Maybe you can get to a parking lot somewhere or whatever. Don't just stop on an interstate or, you know, I really don't recommend the shoulder of the road if you were on the highway or something, but I think that depends more of a breakdown or whatnot. So just try and really, really think that through when you when you pull over there. It's be prepared for where you're going to pull over. Uh, number nine here, it just says be prepared. Dave talks about this all the time, but carry warm clothes and blankets if you need to. Uh, if you're going for an extended trip, carry a flashlight. We talk about a flashlight. You should have one every day. People have them on their phone, but... You know, I carry an additional one in my pocket every day. It's a little badass little uh, LED flashlight that Jam actually gave Jim and I a couple years ago for gifts. And best gift I've ever gotten. It just works phenomenal. So a shovel in there, which you guys should all, guys and gals should all have. Uh, matches, attraction devices. That's chains. I like this a bag of sand because Jim and I have, over the years, you know, actually before the chain law was mandatory here locally you know we've delivered to to salt sheds where we're stuck in their parking lot or stuck on the street outside of their facility trying to get in and heck we've climbed up there and we've thrown rock or salt or squeegee or sand we've shoveled it right out of the trailer by the drive tires and then you throw it where the drive tires are just to get us out of where we're at so there's always an option there's there's always something to to get you out of the jam you're in so uh yeah, call us if you're having trouble or, you know, get stuck or whatever the case is. We have a lot of experience and always willing to help out with any of that stuff. So last thing on the list is check twice. When visibility is compromised in a whiteout blizzard, it can be difficult to see traffic lights and signs. Make sure you look twice before proceeding through an intersection or turning down a one-way street. So just be prepared. There's a lot of great stuff in here. We talk about a lot of these things a lot especially in the winter and it's just good to to reinforce those items and those things that's a great list yes yep coleman if you want to copy that come by the office and yeah we got yeah. to print it out do you guys have anything to add to that it was kind of just a general driving list as such any more the only tips thing or on that one that says be prepared it says matches and i do and working with vic and all that i always carried a slow burning candle with me yeah. I always had a candle. So I figured if something happened, I wasn't going to freeze to death. On the <laughs> and I have it in my backpacks today. I, you know I what's funny is that I had never thought about that, Jack, but a candle just burning in your cab? Yes. A candle will it, keep you it, will keep you warm enough. So. It would give off a lot of heat, wouldn't yes. it? I always think of something to, to thaw a frozen line or a valve. Yeah. You know, we had a deal. I'll never forget. Mikey and I were out running around one day chasing parts. It was a winter day. And we just we were on an odd chase of something we needed and we wound up up near Boulder. Well we had our one of our old tandems that he was having some problems and he was able to leave the trailer there. 
and go get another load. And we said, hey, we're, we're near, but we're not in a service truck, but we'll come by and at least see what's going on. It sounds like you got a valve froze up, you know, and we got up there and we were able to test because the trailer had air where, where it was frozen. And I had a lighter in my pickup, right? I don't smoke, but I had a lighter in my pickup because I'm, I'm like you, yeah, you want to be prepared, yeah. right? So I had a lighter and I'm like, how are we going to thaw this valve out with a lighter? We can't do it. It's a, it was a big valve, right? And uh, I got to looking around and I, I had uh, paper, right? You can actually make what's called a, if you light a piece of paper on fire, it just burns up. It's just poof, super fast burn. But if you take like a newspaper where you can take a long sheet and you twist it, you can open up your fuel tank and dip it in fuel and pull it out. You know, you got to let the fuel run off of it, obviously. But if you light the end of that on fire, it's just a nice, slow, steady burn. And you can hold it. I call it a diesel wick. Nice. And we heated that valve. And I mean, we got some diesel fuel on us, but we we got the valve thawed out. (laughs) The guy was up and running and we went back to work and we weren't in our service truck. We didn't have parts. We didn't, you know, I mean, it was about as makeshift as you could get, but we got the guy off the island and he kept trucking, you know, and he, every time we did something, he looked at us with this aha moment, like, Uh oh, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't know that, you know? So. Yeah. I got a, carry one of those, is it magnesium? I don't know. I got one of those magnesium rods in my backpack. Like, I'll call it a flint. I know yeah, it's magnesium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same difference, and right, Jack? Actually, exactly. And then some uh, some dryer lint. That stuff lights up real easy. Oh, yeah. But what I like to keep in the Jeep, and I need to need to get the pickup squared away, but I carry a couple of those easy light like fire logs, like you would start oh, yeah. a fire with. Yeah. You just light the paper. Yeah. So if my lighter is not working and I don't feel like being like, you know, naked and afraid with the, with the flint starter, I could just, you know, light one of those up. Yeah. And, well, yeah. my lighter would need to be working for that, but yeah. And that, that thing will start up. No problem. Right. So, right. Yeah, definitely good to be prepared. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Jack, uh, I forgot to ask you and then we're going to jump back into safety, but what's the craziest thing you've experienced in the trucking industry in the last 40 years? I don't know. Is it crazy, or, or you look at it like as kind of like like people being stupid? <laughs> you, know, you know, I was thinking about that. I just remember one day, and it was it was on Christmas Day, and we were sending loads up, you know, and the stores, you know, up there along the Highway 82 corridor go, you know, ski season and all that. The truck was going to go up to the El Jebel store, and. Uh, so just so everybody knows that, we're talking about from Glenwood Springs to Aspen. Yes. Highway 82. Yeah, right? Highway 82. Through Carbondale. Yeah, all that, that stuff. Yeah. You know, their city market stores and all that. So we used to deliver all those up into Aspen and stuff. So truck's going up there, and the driver decides, oh, I need to take a leak. So he pulls off. But he pulls off at the top of Vale Pass where the rest area is at. But he pulls on the, the ramp and decides to stop on the uphill side. Oh. Well, snowpacked roads. He's yeah. stuck. Yeah. Then it's like, why can't I go? We'll put the chains on. Well, I can't get the, I can't get the chains on. So Christmas Day, I got to call Dylan towing. Can you go up there? Told the guy, hundred feet to the other side, so you can get through. <laughs> like eight hundred bucks back then, you know, because it's Christmas Day, you know, just right. to do stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just stuff like that that just drives you. It's those things I think that when you look at something like that, you know, uh-huh. I mean, it was like yesterday. I was going down Santa Fe, and I think some of the drivers were talking about on the radio. There was a guy that was coming off of Dartmouth making the corner there, and I don't know, and he hangs the trailer up onto the jersey wall. And he gets it there where at the bottom where the wheels start to go. But it looked like when you look at it, he had to go down at least uh, 50, 75 feet. And wow. I'm like, you can't, 
you didn't notice your trailer's way up here. <laughs> it's stuff like that, you know. I mean, it's the gate post we talked about, right? The Jack, gate we, post. We went when through you the talk about when times, you guys talk about the trailer with the guy with the hammer going down. I was like, oh my god, yeah. You know, I can't believe. And I always thought that crap just happened to us. <laughs> I came over here and I'm like, it just doesn't happen to us. I remember the first when you talk about it, it was the first time. Uh, the first day I started here, you guys had a, we had a safety meeting and. And Brother Jim is talking about you guys were delivering a lot of that chicken manure. And they didn't clean out, and they ended up delivering the dead chicken to plant 13 with yeah. the rock. Yeah. And I just remember talking about it and being all, like, what? And I was just, like, saying to myself, like, wow. I'm like, I guess it does happen. It's stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just the crazy bonehead moves, I, I, I guess you could say. I mean, I don't want to... You're spot you know, on, just, it, but it's just like, like when you're looking at it. When you're going to go pull over, why don't you just go up there to where the brake check area is at in Vale, where the salt shed's at? Just pull over there, where everybody <laughs> normally pulls over. Right. You're on the downhill side. Yeah. Don't ever yeah. pull over. And, yeah. and I had a driver one time pull off the side of the road, gets out of the truck. He's too far over. Truck goes over. Uh, Loaded. Twists yeah. the frame of the tr- tractor, just goes over because he's too far over. When I mean, you guys are talking about pulling over, so yeah. shoulder, you know, stuff. It's stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, after those, a while, nothing surprises you. You may have not have seen it before, but, but yeah, yeah, you're I mean, not you're shocked kind of, by it. Yeah, you're just kind of, that goes back to the what I say though, Jack. And this can be the kind version or the or the harsh version. And what I mean by that is when I say Bill Belichick says, "Yes, just, just do your job. just do your job." Right? It's That's easy. It. Just do your job. But the harsh version is, "Just do your job." It, right, and, and because you know the trailer needs to be kind clean. Of, yeah, I always kind of just look at it as <laughs> put a little common sense into it. Right, uh, that's my dad always kind of just said. Just put some, just kind of look at it from a common sense point of view. Kind of like, is that the, is that a smart thing to do? Right, you know, that type of thing. So know? that's where you get back to. Okay, is it just being in a hurry? Yeah. Right. Was yes. someone just in a hurry? Really Did I just need to pee so bad? This was the best yes, spot but, I could but, find because well, I my, wasn't thinking. Yeah, and be, right? that's what I'm saying is you're getting off, and then you're stopping on a snow-packed road. You know, <laughs> right. Come on. I mean, loaded. Yeah. I mean, you ain't, gonna, you ain't going anywhere. Right. You know, I always used to sit there and tell everybody, you know, if you get to the top, you can always slide to the bottom. You know, so just get to the top <laughs> at least. Yeah. You know, get to the top. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what I'm saying crazy. I mean, you know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just. I think bonehead is, bonehead is not too. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of like you know. Yeah. I, I don't want people to listen to that you know like because I've done bonehead things too. I mean, we all believe have. me. I mean, I've done it to where like that's when you sit back and look at it like man, I can do that again, right? You know, right. Just kind of like I shouldn't watch that. So no doubt. Well, <clears throat> here's the following. Here's a list of drivers that have been accident free for 2022. And when I mean accident free, that includes no seatbelt tickets. No overweight tickets, no safety violations, stuff like that. Nice. Okay? So, here we go. Francisco Alvarez, Jesse Baeza, Johnny Beret, Charlie Baran, Chris Beam, Gilbert Benny, Napa Signano, Dale Boyce. He's not driving anymore, but he was accident-free the whole time he was last year. Nice. Mike Bortz, Ron Bugler, Miguel Castrojon, Seabass, Ray Davis, Jack Domenico, Vincent Elisario, Gene Freeman, Jamie Gallegos, <clears throat> Jason Gamage, Rosario Garcia, big surprise on that one, Rick Ray, Casey Guthrie, Troy Holmes, Troy Hunt, Don Keller, Tony Martinez, Alan Martinez, Leo Montez, Thomas Morgan, Russ Murphy, 
Paco Nahara, I've noticed he was on both lists. There's probably some other people on both lists, yeah. but I just noticed Paco's on both right. lists. Only because we talked about him a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. So accident-free and perfect attendance. Thomas Nuanis, Jack Oquenda Mejia, both lists. Dwayne Potter, both lists. Fred Powell, both lists. Alex Reza, Marty Rios, both lists. Dustin Romero, Gerardo Sanchez, Dwayne San, Kurt Spencer, Mike Tafoya, Herb Turner, both lists. Jesus Varela, Man- Manny Velasquez, Jimmy V, Rob White, both lists. J.R., Andrew Martinez, and Emilio Camacho. So great job, guys, for being accident-free. We appreciate that. You shall have all. You should have all received your safety bonuses for all four quarters. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So, great job, everyone. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. What's that safety bonus equate to a grand over over a year? Oh, oh yeah. Some, oh yeah. Because I think mine is. I think mine is over that. Yeah. yeah. Some guys probably hit. If you're a top earner, yeah, and you hit top earner, quarters, yes, about two thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean that's pretty good incentive for you know Bill <laughs> yeah. Belichick. Just do your job, right? It, <laughs> I ain't lying. Last week I had to take that load to Akron, and I'm loaded up at Arcosa. Arcosa, yeah. Arcosa, got up there. I've never, I was never been up there before. So go up there, and the guy is like loading, and he's on the CB, and I'm like, hey, I'm watching the gauges, and I'm thinking, okay, they should get the friend a little hair. Wait a minute, here's my sarcasm, Jack. You're watching what? The gauges, <laughs> because <laughs> what are those? What are those? I'm just I trying have to be that. sarcastic, man, because I have to drive that point home. I don't mean to interrupt your story, but you know I'm, me. I'm, I, I'm doing the, I mean the load gauges, you know. And I'm on the seat, and I kind of tell him, I, I want the front end. I go, I, I still need the front a little heavier. Oh no, no, I pull forward or whatever, and he gets it all on the back end, you know. And so I'm kind of looking at the gauge, and the gauge says uh, uh, 38, like eight. I'm like, okay, so pull around. And as I'm pulling on this guy, I'm pulling slow because I'm on it axle real quick i just want to look at him just so i'm writing writing them down real quick so i get him i'm like 70 like 78 something gross or whatever so okay so i pull off and i get the calculator and i do the calculator and i'm showing uh, i'm showing 38 38 9 i think well then as i'm sitting there level the gauge is reading 36 7 i think so i'm like god the front equals out the same was like 28 something or whatever so then i'm like ah, i'm going to the port and i'm him and ha and i'm like should i go off the calculator should i go I'm like no nah, i'm going off the calculator i'm going back in heavier or whatever so i did i drove around the port because i'm thinking i'm close to the end of the year <laughs> the same thing, but i don't want to pull in there and then right. i got the new truck it has a new license plate it has the temporary tag on it that's just that's just the guys in the port that's just, just being a asked to yes exactly and then yeah. i'm just like if i can do it you're not and, the system I'm, you're, then i'm yeah. trying to think what's the way around out there and then i'm thinking oh wait it's q road and i, I finally remembered to get off so i did I just drove around it i mean it took me a little longer but i thought uh it's just yeah for the extra time it's just less yeah. of a headache i i do i drive around even when i hear scales i'll i'll drive around them if i can because sure. i just don't want to you know a lot of guys are like oh there ain't nothing you know, nothing wrong, but it's just allegedly. allegedly. People, <laughs> oh, I always look at it as they can find something if they want to. Oh, they can. <laughs> yeah, they, they can, can always find something. Absolutely. So you know, and no matter how much you try to do it, you might not do it their way. Yes, it's their way, and, and it, they have it's interpretation exactly, it? and yeah. they have the badge, and you don't. Yes, and stuff. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I try to do. So I always just try to plan. Okay, how am I going to do this? Right, you know that type of yeah. thing. So. 
So, Super Dave, did you want to talk about raising the bar? Since we were talking about perfect safety records, and I know your conversation with Lloyd Chacon uh, sparked a conversation between us. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, Lloyd is a, a gentleman that has worked here in the past, and uh, he's coming back to work here again. Uh, but by trade, he's a heavy equipment operator slash driver. Um, he's worked in heavy construction um, scenarios his whole entire life. And uh, so we were talking in this uh, moment the other day about, um, you know, our job requirements and, you know, what he's been doing since he left and, and so forth. And it kept on coming back time and time again. He was so proud that over a lifetime, and I think he's like 40-something years older, I think he's 38 years old at any rate, um, he has a 100% perfect safety record. And these are in environments working with high-voltage power lines, working in heavy equipment uh, in construction sites. And we all know how crazy construction sites can be, you know, with things going on all around you and um, working for large world-leading companies like Kiewit Construction and Sturgeon Electric. And, And these companies have very, very stringent safety rules and regulations. You know, if you screw up, you're fired. Even if it's something super simple, you know, you tied your shoes wrong or something practically, right? But again, he was so proud of a perfect safety record over 20 years in this business. And I would love to throw a challenge for 2023 out to everybody to raise your bar and motivate to have a perfect safety record for 2023. Double check, pay attention, do all those things that we talk about over and over and over. But as in Dave's winter weather truck driving tips, the the last paragraph of that article was none of it's good if you don't do it. You have to follow those those tips and tricks every time. Every time you're out in the snow or every time you're working around heavy equipment or every time you go off the pavement into a construction site, You've got to follow all of those rules and all of those things, and they're there to keep us all safe. And and let's all be proud of a perfect safety record because it's not impossible. It's completely achievable, but you just have to work at it and pay attention. So that's your challenge, everybody, for 2023. Nice. Good job. Good job. Tips and tricks. Ray Ray had some more tics, tips and tricks for us this week. Ray Ray is the tips and tricks master, isn't he? Man, I'm excited to see what he does with the uh, training. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to put some meetings together and yeah. stuff like that. So he said, uh, in regards to snow removal, when you're pushing up a pile of snow and you start not to be able to push anymore, don't just floor it and spin the tires till you can't go anymore. <laughs> Bump the blade up a little and take a little less aggressive bite and do another pass. Spinning the tires are only making the tires wear down. Also, when you're pushing into a pile, don't run into the pile so hard. We have loaders to pile it up higher. All you're doing is putting wear and tear on the trucks. I know this is music to your ears, Brother Dave. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Ray Ray. Sue, you want to hit us with the road hauling? Absolutely. So this is something that we talk about a lot. Uh, Brother Dave and I were talking about it the other day. Um, 
and uh, I thought, man, what a perfect high road hauling this would be. So let me ask you a question. What leads to bad decision making? And uh, Jam, I want you to quote a pastor of yours that said this to you or to probably a bunch of people, but what was that quote? I love it. Yeah, uh, let's see. Let me think real quick. Andy Stanley, he says, uh, based on my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my hopes and dreams for the future is the decision I am making wise. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And it comes down to this. We are all one decision away from blowing up our life. Yeah, one bad decision. Away. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so what leads to bad decision making? There's many things: mental shortcuts, poor comparisons, optimism bias, automatic thinking, individual differences, past experiences that might lead us down the wrong path. Decision fatigue is when somebody just says, "Oh, what the hell? I don't care," you know. Um, so all of those things contribute to poor decision making. And so people make thousands of decisions every day. And some, some are big and some are small. While some of these choices turn out great, some of them not so great. So when you look back, you may wonder why you made those poor decisions, right? The, particularly the ones that led to accidents, injuries, um, loss, or feelings of regret. And while it goes without saying, you you probably continue to make bad decisions from time to time. I mean, we all do. Um, But when you gain deeper understanding of the processes behind these, um, you will hopefully learn how to make better decisions. So we're going to go over some of those things that I just read, and um, perhaps uh, it'll ring some bells and, and contribute for you to make better choices. So mental shortcuts, if you had to think through every possible scenario for every possible decision, you probably wouldn't get much done that day. In order to make decisions quickly and economically, your brain relies on a number of cognitive shortcuts known as heuristics. Heuristics are mental rules or shortcuts that allow you to make judgments quickly and oftentimes quite accurately, but they can also lead to fuzzy thinking and poor decisions. One example is called anchoring bias. This is when you use a known value for something such as an advertised price uh, or to make a uh, purchase of a similar item. And, And you can also modify this anchoring bias by coming up with a range of possible estimates. So one example is if you're buying a new car, uh, you can come up with a, a range of reasonable prices rather than focusing on the overall average price of a particular vehicle. Another thing people do is they make poor comparisons. Comparison is one tool that people use when making decisions. But what happens when you make a poor comparison? Let's just say you could save $25 on a $75 item by driving 15 minutes out of your way. Sounds good. You'd probably do that, right? But what if you could save $25,000 or $25 off of a $10,000 item by driving two hours out of your way? Way more out of your way, but not a big enough reason to do that. 25 bucks on $10,000. So even though both examples involve the same amount of savings, they're quite unequal. So to avoid making bad decisions, relying on logic and thoughtful examination of the options can sometimes be more important than relying on your immediate gut reaction. 
another one called optimism bias. I thought, what the heck is that? Surprisingly, people tend to have a natural-born optimism that can hamper good decision-making. For example, if a person predicts that the odds of dying from smoking cigarettes is only 5%, but then they're told that the real risk of dying is closer to 25%, they will likely ignore the new information and stick with the initial estimate because it bodes better well for the smoker. Yeah, what was that one called, Dave? Optimism bias. Optimism bias. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So part of this over, overly optimistic outlook stems from a natural tendency to believe that bad things happen to others, but not to us. And I just laughed when that happened because that doesn't happen to me. It happens to that other guy, right? Um, but when people hear about something tragic or unpleasant happening to another person, they often look for things the person might have done to cause the problem. This tendency to blame victims protects people from admitting they're just as susceptible to the tragedy as anyone else. And automatic thinking, people sometimes engage in actions almost on autopilot without even giving them much thought at all, particularly when performing routine tasks. This automatic thinking can save time and cognitive resources, but sometimes lead to poor choices. And the first thing I thought about was that dude that was jumping out of the airplane, Dave, Oh, that yeah. was an automatic uh, thing. He had yep. done it a thousand yeah, times, ten thousand times. People, yep, yeah. and uh, yeah. and then his automatic thinking completely—he didn't think, right? Yeah, turned off. Yep, turned off. It's you can kind of relate that to where we cleaned out the material at Plant Twelve, right? I mean, very similar. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, um, individual differences. Older people. And this is funny because I'm an older guy. Older people <laughs> make different choices than younger people. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did that kid just do? That was stupid. <laughs> but uh, anyway, for various reasons. And the options often uh, point to people who um, are a different age group or depend on different financial resources and many other things for the individual different decisions that people make. Uh, another issue is past experiences. Very often people who make poor choices do it over and over and over again because they use the same judgment as they have in the past. So they don't reevaluate the set of new circumstances. So always consider those new circumstances each time. Don't just rely on the past. And decision fatigue, which we mentioned also, many decision decisions people make each day can take a toll, creating stress that often leads to decision fatigue. This fatigue can lead people to choose randomly or let others choose when they're faced with a choice. And confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is a type of cognitive bias in which people favor information that confirms their existing beliefs. This bias leads people to ignore data that contradict their current thinking, contributing to distorted perceptions of reality instead of based on decisions on all the facts. So that one there is a big one because people tend to do what they believe in and they don't look mm -hmm. at all the facts, right? So how to make better decisions? While some of the factors that lead to bad decision-making are difficult to eliminate, there are steps that you can take to make better choices. And some of these strategies can be helpful. Pri prioritize important decisions. Eliminate distractions. Consider all of the options, not just a few that sound better than others. Take a break and come back later. That always seems to help when you're struggling on a mechanical issue or something. Get up and go take a walk. Come back and all of a sudden it works itself out, right? Um, and ask for outside input. Get some other ideas from people, as we say often. 
two heads are better than one, even if one's a meathead, right? <laughs> so <Definitely>. it's impossible. <laughs> Definitely, it's impossible impossible to make perfect choices all of the time. Uh, there are strategies you can use to minimize bad decision making. Being aware of some of the many factors that contribute to bad decisions is one of the best ways to become a better decision maker. And uh, the quote today. Uh, is from Theodore Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt has some of the best quotes. That dude was walking around saying stuff all the time that right. rings even 100 years later, right? In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing at all. So there you have it, guys. Let's try awesome, to make dude. better decisions better tomorrow. Decisions. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Jack, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I mean, uh, just like all the new drivers, just like we talked about, give it a shot, whatever. And like it says, it might fit, it might not, whatever, that type. Uh, also to like the dispatchers, because that's a job that I did for Vic for a while, too. That's a tough job. So <laughs> kudos to all them, because yeah. everything rolls under them. And, and yeah. you know, and the last thing they want to hear is complaining from drivers. So... I, th- I think that, and that's probably about it. Just, you know, okay. thanks for having me up here. And yeah. yeah, thank you. I hope I gave some people some stuff. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You were a valued guest. Absolutely. So. Brother Dave? Yeah, so final thoughts, man. Beginning of 2023, we're four days in already, right? Can you believe that? We're down to, what, 361 days left? It's going to be Christmas soon. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll be trying to decide what's going to be for lunch that day, right? Right. So... I guess my thoughts for 2023, and Dave kind of inspired me a little bit, but uh, like he said, raise your bar. And I guess what I mean by that, I'm going to go back to, you know, exactly what we were talking to Vic. Uh, Vic. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> talking to Jack about uh, is just do your job. You know, when we trained you, we trained you to clean out from hauling salt. You need to sweep that trailer out to haul right. sand. You know, when you're hauling chicken shit, there's a dead chicken in it. You need to you need to clean it out before you go get a load of rock, right? Right. right? When you deliver that material, let's deliver it to the location that they wanted it, right. not 200 yards away, right? And I guess, you know, I, I just love that analogy, Jam, is, you know, I ordered two pizzas from Domino's, and I opened up the box. One was full. The next box was missing two slices, and the two slices were in the driveway. Right. I mean, that is that is the perfect now. You would be pissed off if that happened to you. Yeah. I would be. Yeah. You know, well, so is our customer. Right. It's it's not right, you know. You you paid for 10 chicken wings, you'll want 10 okay. chicken wings. Yep. And let's, let's get them to the plate, right? Absolutely. So, you know, those are the small things that when I say raise your bar, is it really raising your bar or is it just doing it right? You know, do your job, do it right. We talk about clearing that fence post, you know, or that gate post. We went out at 5,000 times, but we only hit it once. We shouldn't hit it. You know, you're sitting here, Jack, you just told a story about, sounded like down on Santa Fe and Dartmouth. Is yeah. that where the, it sounded like the guy drug a yeah, trailer, drug right, yeah. you know, halfway down the wall or a hundred feet down the, down the Jersey barrier, it sounds like. And you think to yourself, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> You know, and, and we've had those incidents here. And, you know, like we were trying to discuss, you you don't want to be critical and go, well, that was a bonehead move, but it was a bonehead move. Where where were you? What were you looking at? What were you focused on? Were you distracted? You know, all of those things. And I guess when I say raise your bar, I don't necessarily know that it's raise your bar, it's do your job. 
You know, it, 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 I make it sound super simple. And, you know, one of the things Dave said in the, in the quote, I don't know, it was towards the end there, Dave, about, you know, making the perfect decision. Well, even if you don't make the perfect decision, it's not the wrong decision. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can make maybe not the best decision. Right, but it still worked out. You didn't harm anybody. There was no foul. You could have done it better. So I think a lot of your failures, Jack, when you talk about them, like you may think it's a bonehead move, and in it, your criteria or your bar, it may have just been a a, a bad move for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. For someone else, they wouldn't have thought twice about it. Like, oh, that was no big yeah. deal, right? Exactly. Versus you know dragging your trailer up on the Jersey barrier for a hundred feet. You know, those are those are bonehead moves. So. I, I guess that's what I ask. That's that's a goal. That's something to shoot for. You know, I, I, Dave kind of started it, and it just bled right over to me that we need to do that. 2023 should be a safety challenge. I think that's our next step. You know, we're, we're so blessed to have the cameras. You know, again, I keep going back to the interview we did this morning with Coleman. And, you know, for a 23-year-old young man, he was worried about the, the cameras. Where he drove before, they didn't have cameras. And he's like, oh, man, they're... They're going to be watching me all the time, and they're going to be this. And I think initially, that's what a lot of the people think, and I'm generalizing, but we hear that a lot. And uh, I, I guess I just want to emphasize and echo the same words he said this morning are the same words a lot, or the majority of the other drivers have always said is, those cameras have made me better. Exactly. It's made they've me, made, they've made me better. It's made me realize, oh, maybe I am following just a little yes. too close. Oh, maybe I should slow down. Oh, you know, it's just that, it's just that, that help. And I, I just, I love the fact that we actually bought a tool. It works right. and it has helped us, <laughs> right? It actually made us better. We have so many investments that we make here that unless they're used, they were a waste of money. You know, we talk about the gauges, and I, I kept interrupting Jack during his story. Like, you're doing what while you're loading? You're looking at what What are those? You know, and I'm, I'm being sarcastic because that's how I'm based. But, oh, my gosh, we, we preach about those gauges constantly. And they're such a valuable tool. They are. They are. And, and at, at instant notice, you look at them, and, and they do change. I mean, you have to be they, on level the, ground. Yes, they fluctuate. Right? And yeah. that's what I was going off of. Uh, yeah. But I just figured this is what I'm going right. to go with. You know? Right. So I guess that's it in a nutshell, not to drone on. When I say raise your bar, be as good as you can be. Be the way we trained you. Do the things we trained you with. You know, we talk about someone, for example, that didn't do their pre-trip before they left or they didn't do their post-trip when they parked. Well, you did it to get your driver's license. Why wouldn't you continue to do that? You know, I I mean, it's, it's like getting a loan for a house and not making your house payments and going, what? I didn't know I had to make the house payment. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, and there's just... <laughs> oh, there, shoot. I forgot. <laughs> right. Why, why is the bank calling deer? I, Some, it, sometimes yeah. it's just you get in a hurry. And I've done that before. You know, and then yep. all of a sudden uh-huh. you come in the next day and that tire's flat. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it can't be. I know, but it yeah. happens. You stay focused, I guess yep. you should say. Yeah. Like focus. focus. Soup. Any other final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I would like to see everybody focus on that safety challenge. And one way that you can do that is think like an old guy. 
Because sure. an old guy is always thinking about the consequences. What happens if I do this? And what, you know, yeah. what's the outcome? And a young yeah. guy doesn't think that way. They just think about the adrenaline yeah. and how exciting it's going to be. And they just go forward. They just keep, maybe they don't think, right? The old guy has more of those I, past the experiences. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there I, you go. I, I kind of have to argue that a little bit, Dave. I, I agree with what you're saying about the old guy maybe taking a little more time or a little slower at things versus the young guy. But you, you think about the There's that level of person. Yes, there's still that level of person. You have to have that instilled in you from a young age. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like I'm droning on about Coleman when we interviewed him this morning. He had that. He's 23. I mean, we've already sent him... You know, over the hill two or three times hauling salt. And he had that. He's like, I didn't know how fast. He said, I had half the truck on snowpack and the other half on the road. I wasn't sure how fast to go. So I was going slow and using caution. I was I was afraid to go any faster. You know, and, and that that is what you're looking for. And I don't know if, I think when you're a crazy young man, you learn that as you get older. But some people do have it. Some people they, never learn it. Exactly. Oh, I'll there. Exactly, Dave. Some yeah. people don't. It's yeah, and just... I'm not after rebutting or arguing what you said because there, there are facts to it. But I think some people, when you think about it, they can think through that. They can reason through that. My final thoughts for uh, the first podcast of this year. So for 2023, and I'm saying this to myself just as much as I'm saying it to everybody else, but let's deal with things head on, have open, honest, respectful conversations Show other people grace, make good decisions, and give our very best. That's all I got. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Sounds like we're ready for the creed. Ready for the creed. All right. Together Together we we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions, and together we are the JFW family. All right. All right. See you next week, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a nice week.